Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Welcome to Women on the Line, a national women's current affairs program produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne on Wondery Country of the Kulin Nations and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. I'm Aoife Cook. Her Sound, Her Story is a documentary which the makers describe as an intimate conversation unveiling the personal experiences, histories and the significant social impact women have had within the Australian music industry. Made by Michelle Grace Hunter and Claudia San Giorgi Delamori, Claudia joins us for Women on the Line this week. Later on the show, we stay with the theme of women's access to the music industry and we're joined by Corey Green, a trainee sound engineer at 3CR, where Women on the Line is made, to talk of her experience of being a young woman in the world of audio tech and we hear a taster of her work. My name is Claudia Sandrotti Dallamore. I'm a Melbourne filmmaker. I've been working on a, a project with a friend of mine, Michelle Rotunda, who's a, a photographer. Um, we've been doing a project called Her Sound, Her Story. For I think this is coming into the fourth year, actually. Um, I'm pretty sure. Or third third year. I can't actually remember. It's such a big, beautiful blur. Um, and essentially the project was created to celebrate women uh, in the Australian music industry. And we will play some um, audio from um, some film clips, kind of teaser clips that you have online at the moment. If you could give us a sense of really what the project is about and what it's for, celebrating women. Yeah, it's at, at the heart of it, it's, it's about celebrating women. And the project really came about because Michelle had done a portraiture series for um, profiling Australian hip-hop. And I think out of that series, she shot like 198 portraits and maybe only seven of them were women and she after doing that sort of really um it took her by surprise I guess and she was really curious as to why that that was a fact and started investigating um the gender disparity you know with women with female artists with women working behind the scenes just the whole conversation which there are a lot of media pieces about often especially when stats come out um so she thought, I'd like to do something that puts women to the forefront. And I guess I could do a photographic series. And then she sort of thought, that's probably not enough to do this topic um, justice. So she asked me if I wanted to come on board and uh, go with her to the photo shoot that she was going to do and speak to the women and hear about their experiences and, and from that to see what was possible to create. So I think we started initially her thought was like 10, 10 artists that we speak to and I came in and was definitely eager to, to boost that to 30 or more and I think we got to 55 in the first round um, but she's now up to I think her like 75th portrait so wow. it's quite a big project. My end of it um, is really about conversation and storytelling and they're probably 
two of my most favourite things to do with other people and particularly uh, it's been such a special journey to actually get down and listen, sit down with women and listen to them talk and share their experiences and I guess personally for me to reflect on just how similar my own experiences and all of our experiences have been collectively and um, that's a, it's, it's been an incredible gift to me personally, I think, to have had the opportunity to sit down with um, women that are my peers and then pioneers of the industry and uh, it's been such a pleasure the last few years. Everybody, I found quite interesting, I guess, uh, featuring in the documentary, you have all kinds of artists, people from Tina Arena to Julia Stone, uh, Mama Kin, Jen Cloa, Mojo Juju, um, Van Roe, Gonoki, uh, it's Alicia Joy, Sampa the Great. I'm Sampa Timble, also known as Sampa the Great, and I am an artist. My soul wants to reach a certain point. That's what it is for me. Me experiencing myself and you sharing it with me is what music is to me. I talk about confidence a lot because I was never this person to jump on stage and just like people think like this is me. I had to like grow in it. And this is why it's important to inspire people to let them know that that is in themselves. It's all about nurturing it. It just happened to me. Now, the confidence didn't just boost up. I had to grow it. And first, the name, though, it's not that I thought I was great. It's that I thought I wasn't. So I had to grow into that greatness. There's definitely a sense of the history of Australian music, women's music, in it. Some of the... Um, Participants are more recently famous, are well-known, some are less well-known, but some of, you know, kind of goes back in time as well. Yeah, I think that was really, really important to Michelle and I that uh, we honoured a lot of the women who did pave the way because it was a, it was a harder slog, I think, um, earlier on. And, and the experiences now are really different for the women that are coming through. And we also wanted to show that there is some sense of change or sense of hope. So... Just the fact that there's so many different genres and generations represented in the whole discussion is, is I think, something we feel really good about. Well, I guess you have a, there's a, just a general, a general consensus that, um, you know, I guess at a younger age or at any age, women will struggle more with confidence, struggle more to back themselves, to put themselves um, forward to in that sense that maybe they would work, you know, 10 years in a shitty job until they they would then call themselves whatever it was that they were training for, you know, um, comparatively to men. And then uh, generally across the board, there was a real sense of the importance of mentorship and role modelling and uh, this sense that, if you if we see something we believe we can do it too and just the the fact that there aren't that many women um just for people simply means young women are, are going i don't think i can be that just because they're not seeing themselves reflected um and of course there's similar stories across the board of general sexism and um you know there's we didn't get really into it, but of course the sexual harassment and um, 
a lot of the heavier stories, that's a shared story for everybody. Mm-hmm. I guess for us, we were focusing on uh, giving giving women a voice to just share that extra personal experience. Or a lot of the, the older women really just going, just go girls, you know, get on with it. Let's do this together. And it's it's quite an uplifting um message in the end from them and were there messages that came out of it or ideas that came out of it that you really weren't expecting that took you by surprise um what what took michelle and i by surprise is that halfway through particularly finishing the documentary uh we'd we'd reflected on our own experiences in creating creating the film and the project and had realized that we had ended up in those very same positions um so it, it was interesting through personal experience to understand just how quickly as a woman you may doubt yourself or give away your artistic credibility or just your self-assurance. Um, that that was surprising on a personal level, which then obviously reflected out through everyone's stories that they had all experienced moments like that that had potentially probably held them back or meant that they didn't speak up when they really should have, you know? Mm. I mean, we... The first person that I initially spoke to with the idea of, oh, this could turn into a documentary, after having watched um, some of the the rushes of the interview, he said he felt it was a very negative conversation. And I guess that's the first time Michelle and I had had that. And um, that was confusing perhaps, or we didn't agree with it and it was strange to have that presented to us as even a a reaction to all these women sharing so authentically. And he then went on to sort of uh, make a whole lot of promises that never happened. And I I think it was one of my aunties who just halfway through went, "What, what are you doing? Why are you trusting anybody else to make any decision on something that you... And Michelle have done completely on your own. And um, and that was the point where I just, yeah, went, oh, thanks. I probably needed somebody to say that to me. And and we immediately severed that um, working relationship, which was brilliant. And, and again, obviously, you learn, you learn as you go. I am Mama Kim, and I'm a musician, and I'm a mama. I was always that thing, it's like, once I finish doing this, I'm going to go and do music, you know. I'm just going to do this thing. And I'm going to do music, just always this revolving pattern. And I just saw the, the fear and it was so much imbibed with being a woman. It was so much this idea that I couldn't do both as a mother. I was playing out this dynamic with my daughter. I was subconsciously trying to say to her that if you're a woman, it's going to be hard. And she was little, she was four. And she said to me, why don't you sing like Papa sings? Because my husband performs. And I, immediately I got this like rash, this, this raging anger in me that she would even ask her. I was, so, I was so enraged that she would ask that question of me. And I was angry, I was like, because I'm your mum. I'm too busy being your mum. And I walked out the room, right? And it just hit me in the guts that I was telling her what I was telling myself, which was once you're a mum, you have to choose. I'm telling her that her mother could not do the thing that she at four can already see that I love because of her. I saw myself handing over a narrative and it was just this process of going, I'm just going to start saying yes. 
And if listeners would like to catch the documentary screenings all around Australia, how can they find you and find your work? Yes. And if you'd like to find out about it, we're just encouraging everybody to go to our website, which is www.hersoundherstory.com and sign up to the email list where we will be announcing all of um, the screenings that are coming out in the, in the coming months. Yeah, and it's going to be around the country. Yes, around the country from May till about November. We'll be going all around the country. Wonderful. And if people would like to host a screening, can they get in touch? Absolutely. We've had lots of um, people already approach us. They're really interested in getting it into schools um, or into uh, with working with organisations that already run programs for young girls and anything like that we're, we're really open to. Yeah, and the work that I've seen so far, really beautiful cinematography, really beautiful sounds, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners will really enjoy it. Uh, welcome to Women on the Line. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, hi, my name's Corey Green, and I am a trainee sound engineer at 3CR. You are, and that's why I have you in studio, and you are going to tell me about women and tech and women and audio tech and women and sound tech. So how did you get into it? Well, um, I would say that my interest in all things kind of electronic started when I was a child and my dad um, was a teacher, but he was also, he also did the AV at the high school that he was at. And then he sort of moved into computers at a time when that was quite unusual in a local high school. And yeah, he always sort of had me and my sister along and he gave us little jobs to do, taught us this and that about how to fix machines. And she ended up being a software engineer. Uh, so she did really well out of it. And um, yeah, I've always just, you know, been able to fix things and uh, figure out how things work. And yeah, so that's really cool. And do you think your dad was making a point of teaching the girls the tech or do you think it was just you were there and he did it unconsciously? Um, well, it's kind of interesting because, you know, my dad kind of, I think like a lot of people has a mixed consciousness. Uh, he's a, he's a unionist and he's been involved in the left, but also he's from a very small country town in Queensland <laughs> and, uh, he has some old fashioned ideas about women. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you want to hear some of the worst of it, but <laughs> He, he told me that when he was growing up, women were as different to men as men were to cows. He just, they were a totally different species. Is that a phrase people use up in Queensland? <laughs> this is your dad's own. It's just my dad's own thing. So in terms of the tech then? Well, yeah. So then it's quite interesting. I think he was quite disappointed to have two daughters, but uh, I think but he was probably influenced by my mother being quite a strong feminist. And yeah, I guess, you know, made the best of it and uh, decided that we should uh, learn tech. Uh, he, he taught us to program when we were quite young. I think I started programming when I was five, maybe. Uh, so yeah, he's, he certainly, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think it was, it was kind of a feminist thing and a, and a kind of a, you know, a radical thing coming from a man from his background. Yeah, okay. And so did you, um, in terms of audio and radio tech, did uh -huh. you um, do that as a young person or is that something you came to more recently? Um, well, it's certainly something I came to more recently. Um, so the next part of my journey was I got 
um, heavily involved in music and the music kind of industry when I was, uh, I don't know, 14, 15. I started uh, making a website for a local band and kind of got involved in in all different parts of uh, the music industry. And that's quite an interesting sexist industry. Uh, You know, horrendous, Um, you know, all male lineups, you know, you might have five bands with four people in them, that's 20 musicians, 20 males. And, you know, when you do put a woman on the on the bill, people are complaining and saying she only got on there because she's a woman and, you know, not because she's any good. And meanwhile, I've had to sit through countless hours of just pathetically bad men. And yeah, but um, so yeah, the music industry's yeah, quite, I found it quite sexist um, as a young woman. And I wasn't like, I was politically minded, but not particularly involved in politics when I was young. And where were you? Is this up in Queensland? Yeah, up in Queensland. Yeah, in Brisbane. Um, but yeah, I, I certainly noticed that. And I noticed that women tended to take on more of a supporting role rather than uh, wanting to be the stars, uh, which I found annoying. And I also, I noticed that women didn't tend to put themselves forward as musicians until they were, until they were quite good. Whereas men would tend to perform when they, you know, really when they still sucked. And, but by performing and having that I don't know, the discipline of going up on stage and trying out ideas, I think that they had more of a of a chance to improve themselves. And, yeah, so I reckon that's actually why there are more male bands and more men around the industry. You know, uh, when I started radio, uh, which was a little bit later, uh, um, I started at 4 Z in Brisbane, which is uh, a political and a musical station that's, that's a real integral part of the community in Brisbane. And it, it has a 30% quota for women's music. And that's 30% of the music has to have at least one woman in the band. So if you flip that around, that means 70% of the music can be all men. And still <laughs> men were complaining about that and saying, where are we going to find these women musicians? But, but it's true, there, there does seem to be fewer women musicians performing. And, and I put it down to women being embarrassed to suck. So you moved into the desk side of things recently. Yes. Um, how how does that work? What have you been learning? Oh well, I've been learning um yeah all sorts of interesting things. Uh, well, I I I guess I find them interesting. I don't know if everyone does. Sometimes I see people's eyes glaze over. So uh, sorry, dear listener. Um, but yeah, uh, the way that microphones work, which is which is quite a um, ingenious and uh, interesting design. There's you know physical moving parts that move a magnet that move electrons and it, it's quite clever how they've how they've figured it out and and yeah and then the the, the and a speaker is 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 basically the opposite of a of a microphone and you connect the two things together so on one end the sound goes into the microphone and and moves a little diaphragm and makes an electric current and then you can send that electric current through a wire back out to the speaker and then it moves a, a diaphragm in, in basically the same way. And yeah, it's kind of a neat design. And yeah, I've been learning so all about how microphones work, all the different sorts of microphones, although they didn't really teach us that at 3CR. I just got keen and read a bunch of books. Um, and when you look at a sound desk, what do you see and how do you feel about it? Do you feel confident? Do you feel, you know, does gender play a role in, in that? Well, 
in the same way it does for musicians on stage or wanting to be on stage? Yeah. Well, okay. When I look at a sound desk, I think because I was exposed to machines and electronics at such a young age in a way that a lot of women aren't, when I look at a sound desk, I'm excited. I want to know what all the buttons and the blinking lights do. But um, I spend a lot of time at the radio station helping people out who, who, you know, are frankly quite scared of electronics. Um, I think people have a very visceral <laughs> fear reaction. A lot of people think they're going to break things, but I mean, they're, they're probably not. Um, a lot of the music, a lot of the equipment at 3CR is is really old and um, hard to break. Thank goodness. Um, but yeah, people do have a fear reaction, and I I think you know I think especially women have a fear reaction. Um, so you're now doing um, sound for musicians uh-huh. and you do some live music. So you're yeah. back into the music scene in a different role. Yeah. Do you feel that, you know, we all know about the sound guy. Yeah. <laughs> do you feel that people are surprised to see you do the tech? Do you feel like it, it you know? Uh, yeah, I think people are. And I think there's like a real gender difference between how people treat you. Um, I've noticed that, um, women musicians um first of all they tend to turn up on time more which is nice and um if they are going to offer you a piece of advice it tends to be about something that they actually know about um whereas uh being a woman tech sometimes i run into the problem of uh older white males you're, you're trying to set up for them and they'll they'll be giving you all of this advice and it'll be incorrect advice which is actually really quite distracting and ends up with you doing a shit job and it's also like actually kind of patronizing because uh, they don't know how to do it and I do know how to do it or you know I'm learning how to do it I know more than them and you know I just wish they would you know be quiet <laughs> so I can do <laughs> my job but yeah I guess um, women talk about the the mansplainer in in all different uh, walks of life but one thing I have noticed at 3CR is that the other male techs are, are really awesome. Um, they're really supportive and they take the time to explain things to me. Um, yeah, and yeah, they, they've just been, yeah, they've been really good. Um, I've really enjoyed working with them. Great. So when you're um, doing the tech for live music and uh-huh. you're standing in front of the desk and everything's going well, how uh-huh. do you feel? Kind of excited. It's it's exciting to hear um, a musical performance. Yeah, uh, and I guess uh, yeah, a little bit elated. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's nice. Like, there's a lot to it, you know. There's a lot to to sound. There's a lot that can go wrong, and yeah, it's nice to it's nice to be in a position where, especially if you've had to troubleshoot a few things and. And you know, try and figure things out where you where you have figured them out, and then that you know, there's the sort of the science meets the creativity side of things. You're listening to Women on the Line. I'm Eva Cook, and I've been speaking to Corey Green, a young trainee sound engineer, speaking about the role of women in the music industry, especially the techie side. And now we're going to listen to some of Corey's work. The next song we're going to hear was recorded while I was still doing the training. The 3CR facility has been set up more for live bands, but in moving with the times we decided to see if we could make a hip-hop recording with a pre-recorded backing track. We got in Minnie, who performs under the name Race Rage, to record a song that she was performing, 
as part of the revolutionary hip-hop musical The Change. This track was a collaboration between many parties. As 3CR had never recorded a track like this before, we had to scurry around and make a Franken-chord. Luckily, Minnie was quite patient. Uh, We did a couple of takes, experimenting with different pieces of equipment and different configurations. Then the track was sent off to another person to be mastered. This is the final product. I hope you enjoy. It's called Burn. Senior Sergeant Christopher Hurley. There was a fall. It was uh, what he called compressive force. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ruptured yeah. into the ribs were broken. It was uh, blood loss. What he called compressive force. It was a fall on him. Who let the dogs loose on my people? The epitome of evil, if this is a crime scene, the cops are the criminals. Yeah, the cops are the criminals. We burn down the courtroom of fire in our hearts. They burn down the cops up to hide evidence of scum. He tripped, he fell to hell with that bullshit. It takes a hard hit for your liver to split. Can't you see why there's fire in the fury? Cop found innocent, no blacks on the jewelry. Burn, let the walls burn, all that lying and killing. When will you learn? Burn, let the walls burn. We shattered, we screaming, but she never learned. Burn, let the walls burn. How many deaths in custody? So people wake up and see We got a right to live on our land To be free from the bully boy in blue Who wants to kill me Now we're soft to Canberra To the tent embassy Ancestors exiled here for punishment Strong spirit resistance unites us Palm Island today is a powder keg One more injustice to ignite us I see history repeating, judiciary cheating, justice we are seeking. White overseer controls the fear, serves out a death sentence for speaking. Any threat to white authority is met with cop brutality. We face trauma, pain and total poverty. The bounce back, welcome community. Any threat to white authority is met with cop brutality. This ain't a pill to will as into apathy. Meet us on the front line and off to the tent embassy. Burn, let the walls burn. All that lying and killing, when will you learn? Burn, let the walls burn. We shout it, we scream it, but you never learn. Burn, let the walls burn. All that lying and killing, when you go learn. Burn, let the walls burn. We shout it, we scream it, our flames must be heard. Any threat to white authority, is met with cop brutality. We face trauma, pain and total poverty. But bounce back, welcome in community. Any threat to white authority is met with cop brutality. This ain't a pill to will as into apathy. Meet us on the front line and off to the tent embassy. Burn. That was trainee sound engineer Corey Green and thank you to Claudia Sangiorgi Delamore from the Her Sound, Her Story documentary project. Her interview is interspersed with Sampa the Great and Mama Kin. 
You've been listening to Women on the Line, www.3cr.org.au forward slash Women on the Line.